longest way back here. <laughs> because Aaron stole Michelle's chair, he's now... Which I just found out about. <laughs> it's the start of last week's episode. He is now off to the side. Still in the comfy chair, we should note. Well, naturally. I, I did. He had me lift it up and over so you can move to the other side. I was thinking about Sarah because because Sarah has the bum knee and I didn't want her in a chair that scooted around when she sat in it. So I was thinking of her. So that's how he took it from that's you. That's why. No, I took it from her months ago. Months. In fairness, it was when we were recording something without her. Okay. Oh, and that makes you feel any better. Said, it's my punishment for being gone. <laughs> That's, right. That's a nice chair, Michael. And you said, there's another one right there. <laughs> so in all honesty, it's his fault. <laughs> Welcome, Sarah, back. Hi, Yay. it's good to be back. It's been a long time since I've been in this seat. Yes, it's been, it's been. It's, it's been an ACL ago. It's been an uh, I like that. <laughs> Is there an update? Uh, yes, there is an update. I have my surgery August 3rd, and then I can start my road to recovery. Good. So what's what's the timeout? Um, I'm not completely positive till I go to my pre-op appointment on Wednesday, but um, of all the Googles that I've done, it sounds like for seven days, I'm going to be like in bed, incapable. And you're having like a full on, you're getting cadaver knee, right? Yes, I will be franken knee. I'm having someone else's ACL grafted into me and then repairing the damage to my meniscus if they right. can. But is this a full-on dead person or is this like maybe I lost my leg in a freak accident and they took the ACL out? This is an interesting question. Yeah. See, thank you. I was just told a <laughs> cadaver knee. So I don't know if it's the actual knee that's the cadaver or if the entire human is a cadaver. <laughs> the one they gave to Marianne, she goes, this must have been a basketball player because it was huge. So I said, what if like I get the ACL of some elite athlete yeah, and, you have, like, a bionic and all of a knee? sudden I have like major hops in one leg. That's not how it works. Wouldn't that be nice if it was? It, yeah, I'd exercise on just we that one leg We really needed that before and after like jump shot data. <laughs> now we'll never know. We'll never know. But your will CTV my- skits will be on point. <laughs> Will my frog hops ever be as high as they were night one of CTV? (laughs) (laughs) So we are talking about week three of forgive, misunderstood forgiving. The different modes of grace that are typically within our culture. Uh, Tim Keller calls them cheap grace. That's a view that says you just forgive no matter what. Uh, Then there is the little grace, which is really a transactional forgiveness, but he's trying to go along with his grace themes when he uses the words. So there's cheap grace, little grace, and then no grace where you don't forgive at all. These come out specifically in our culture today because of our current cultural bent on social media and things that, that people look at the most lift up individual hurts And if you were to give up many times those individual hurts, you would not be held in the same light by other people any longer because we we want to see people's victims hood. When something happens to somebody where somebody gets hurt, you post it online right away and everyone's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And if you forgave, you would never get that back. But if you can instantly throw it online and say, this happened to me, these people did this, everybody jumps on the bandwagon. And so you get more honor the more that you've been hurt or victimized. All of the, the models, the, the what again, what he calls the all grace model, which isn't technically grace, he just calls it that. And the, the little grace and the no grace, there is no vertical dimension. They all center upon ourselves and they have nothing to do with how God has first forgiven us. 
And so that's why they will never be gospel centric. And then there's true grace, right? Well, yeah. Um, Let's hope so. Basically, it's called costly grace is is what he will talk about. But that, that comes in later chapters because the costly grace <laughs> understands who God is. And costly grace, it doesn't just forgive. There is justice in the midst of it. Because if, if you are just forgiving and, and getting over it and that's all that there is, well, that doesn't allow any justice to take place. And you may allow that same person to hurt somebody else. So it's not what we're called to as believers. As believers, there is forgiveness and justice and grace as they all go hand in hand together. So do we, apart from understanding, we usually all fall into one of those three? Is that the the thinking or those just three examples? Three examples, but I, I think if we looked at it from the outside, I think we tend to swim through each of those depending on the day, the hour, how we're feeling, what's going on, the person, how many times have they done it mm-hmm. to us? And you might move from a, a cheap grace, whatever I'll forgive, to a transactional, to a no n- never forgetting again. <laughs> and I think that's where we're going to end up being if we don't understand the vertical dimension of forgiveness first. And so we've got to build a foundation of what our forgiveness first looks like. I think maybe a great place for gospel communities to go would be talking about the types of forgiveness that we have experienced towards ourselves and what we have given to other people. In, in what ways have we done the cheap grace? In what ways have we done the transactional model of little grace? In what ways have we come to a spot where we're just done and we say no grace? And then maybe if people will talk about those, you could say, how would a vertical view of God's forgiveness first of you change how you respond to each of those? I think those three categories can also be transposed to our view of vertical forgiveness, right? We can make light of our sin, essentially cheap grace. We can. Why can't God just forgive? Why did you have to go to the cross? It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Or even transactional works based. Mm -hmm. God did this. Salvation. Uh huh. Or no forgiveness. No suit for you. (laughs) Thanks for your. I am. I'm helping. I'm the hype man. (laughs) I'm in the back of the room as the hype man. Have you ever not thought about your vertical forgiveness uh, from God and inappropriately responded in not forgiving or a little grace or a cheap grace model to somebody in your life? I'm feeling very convicted because I am in the middle of a no grace and a, a social media warrior. I found out about a business who wronged my friend. Oh, gosh. And so I wrote a review about them. And now I like caught myself. I like want vengeance because they deleted my review and they criticized her in the review. And just, I got offended that it was so unprofessional and haven't even paused to think about my reaction in it. I realized I, I not only was seeking vengeance, the friend who this all happened to, like it got to the point where yesterday I told her like, okay, at some point we need to move on. Like, Mm -hmm. We're not going to burn this whole building down, just us. So, nor should we. <laughs> and then I realized I'm probably being a really bad example about forgiveness to her. This is rage culture. Mm-hmm. This is rage culture. I I am the problem. It's okay. me. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, coming out. Second service. We're not live streaming this. All right. All right. So, so, so Sarah needs to be convicted. I appreciate that honest and relatable example. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Sarah. Wow. What? It's just a lot. 
There's just a lot there. Hey. But there's grace in and forgiveness. I also, there's grace. And I also there was grace. the first one to admit. You did? I you spiraled were. and this was inappropriate. That's what I said. I appreciate that. Because who hasn't had experiences with that? Mm-hmm. There's grace and forgiveness in, for you and each of us, even in the ways we navigate or mishandle forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's the greatest joy. Well, thanks for sharing. <laughs> this went in a completely different way than I thought it would, but same here. There it is. This week, we have two resources that we're handing out. The first one is called Approaches to Forgiveness, and really it's a worksheet more than anything. Yeah. So in week three of the series, Aaron expands on three of the secular approaches to forgiveness. Uh, the cheap grace approach, the little grace approach, and the no grace approach. And all of those are different from the biblical approach to forgiveness in which we understand grace to be costly and a gift to us. So there's kind of a summary of each of those three at the top, as well as how the gospel challenges those, uh, just as kind of a refresher. And then if you move down to the second part of the worksheet, this is where we can actually take a look at our own lives maybe the areas uh, or relationships where we're having conflict or resentment, any area of unforgiveness. And so uh, you're encouraged to write down the name of that person uh, that you feel has wronged you, write down um, how you would describe your feelings or expectations or motives in this moment toward that person. And based on the information above seeing, okay, are, are my own thoughts, attitudes, feelings aligning more with the gospel approach or with one of these secular approaches? And then considering how God is calling you forward uh, in responding to that person. So I hope it's a, a good exercise in taking kind of these theoretical models and actually applying them to our own lives and relationships. And I would think if someone in your GC or in your family is having a hard time filling it out, encourage them to fill out the first two and first, you know, first three even, you know, who... who what, you know, what's happened? What, what are your feelings, expectations? And then which of the approaches above have you taken? And if that's as far as they get, that's a great place to start and to talk about how then to think about the other two spaces. And, and this is uh, a practical resource that uh, we're, we're kind of inserting into the series now um, because we want people to kind of really start stewing on the areas that they need to, they could be, God ca- could be calling them to apply forgiveness to. If people do this and they work on this this week, as the weeks go on, then it gives them something tangible to really start applying uh, a bit more of the practical um, methods or reasons to forgive. You know, we're going to talk a lot about God, our need for forgiveness from God. And I think having this on paper might really help people see their motives and how they have responded and their need and then how it extends to that. So that vertical, that internal, and then especially that horizontal piece, which uh, this kind of tries to focus and put us on paper. Mm-hmm. I think when we talk about gospel communities or just, you know, element as a whole, we talk about gospel fluency or gospeling mm-hmm. each other as a verb. And I think this is a good uh, resource in practicing speaking the gospel into this area of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we're able to do that, not just ourselves, but also in community settings as we're hearing each other's stories that we're, we're walking through forgiveness, listening to each other's approaches and listening to those heart motives and being able to speak 
the gospel truth of what forgiveness really is into that as well. Hmm. And then on the backside, there's a study on culture and forgiveness. And I think so many places we could look and see uh, where kind of culture avoids or deals with them using those threes leads us to reflect how we respond in in those. So on those social media platforms or in those conversations, what it is we can do to be different, be salt and light. There's a lot to Sarah's story that we cut out that just wasn't needed for this episode, but I left some of it in because I think the way you, Michelle, responded uh, with grace is good for us all to hear uh, see examples of and hear. So even though people listening to this don't have the full context of this, trust me, you don't need it. Reminder though, I guess for each of us, as we go through this, like, do we necessarily need all the details? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we get drawn into that. And when really is that like the priority in shepherding people through mm-hmm. forgiveness? You know, there absolutely are situations where we want to know the facts and especially if there's like issues of safety or abuse. Right. But I think there are times where, we get caught up more in like the details of the story or the outrage as opposed to like, okay, so what are you going to do with it? Right. <laughs> there is a lizard in the podcast room. I repeat. Oh Wait, is what it moving? That that I he's, he's trying. He, he's like a wily coyote and he's like, and he's not moving when he's running really fast. Is he still right there? Okay, let me grab a second. It's closer! (laughs) Sarah can't move! I don't know know why I'm stuck like this. If I try to be real skinny, it doesn't It's a freeze response. Get the tail out Where, of here. So where's the lizard? 